Hail and welcome to A is for Agrimony, coffee-stained notes on witchcraft. I am Margot, and thank you for being here with me. I really appreciate it. As you may know, I had to postpone last week's scheduled episode until now, and it was not episode 30, it was episode 29, so I apologize for the error I made in my social posts about the postponement. And it was due to some unforeseen craziness that happened at home. Um, The big one would be that uh, one of my dogs became very ill. Um, And he is doing perfectly fine now, thank gods. He is fully back to his normal, adorable, and only slightly bewildering self. But it was scary for a little while. So basically, uh, I was awoken in the middle of the night on Monday of last week by my other dog who was nudging and slapping me with her paws. And I got up and realized that Mr. Boone, the dog that had an incident, uh, was kind of freaking out a little bit. And uh, at first I thought he just had to go outside. My husband, who gets up extremely early for work, got up and let him out And it had turned out that he had had an accident in our bedroom, which he never, ever does. My husband then came back upstairs before he left for work and basically said to me, he is not doing well. Something is wrong. He's having trouble walking. He's having trouble focusing. He had a couple more accidents uh, downstairs. All of these things are completely out of the ordinary and unlike him. I uh, quickly got out of bed and came downstairs um, to discover that my husband was not at all exaggerating. It appeared as if by overnight, my dog suddenly could not support his weight on his legs. He was walking around as if he was dizzy. He was not focusing with his eyes. It's like he couldn't see me or recognize me. And he was having accidents in the house. All of this completely unlike him. Uh, I immediately lost it. Um, He is a senior dog. He's 15 years old. So I had no idea if this was the end. And that's kind of where my mind went because I guess it's my biggest fear when it comes to him. Um, Even though I know that it is something that I will have to accept eventually, I just was not ready last week. So uh, my husband, you know, made his excuses and came back home from work and we took him to the vet, both of us crying the entire way. Um, because I guess we were both on the same page about our biggest worry coming true. Uh, so we got him to the vet, and uh, lo and behold, the vet said that this is actually um, a geriatric vestibular disease, which, um, if I'm remembering the description correctly, like a tube in the inner ear, completely malfunctioning, going haywire. And what my dog was actually experiencing was like an extra long episode of vertigo that won't stop. He was basically riding the tilt-a-whirl. So his legs were actually okay. He was just looking like he couldn't walk and off balance because he was literally experiencing something akin to vertigo. Um, But he will be fine, is what they said. So the the feeling of relief, I'm sure you guys can imagine. Um, So we got some medication for him, anti-nausea medication specifically, and the most important thing, um, because they said it could take days and up to a week to to kind of wear off and go away on its own. So the most important thing was to get the anti-nausea medication in him so that he would eat and drink while this thing played out. And I got to say, like, I knew my dog was an absolute sweetheart. Um, he's, he, he's the sweetest creature on the planet. But 
he remained an absolute sweetheart throughout this entire thing. And I think myself as a dog <laughs> would have lost it and bitten some people if I was on the tilt whirl and couldn't get off. I just, I think I would bite people. <laughs> he remained an absolute sweetheart, got the medicine in him, was able to make sure that he ate some food, mostly just chicken and drank some water. So I spent my week basically chasing him around the house with chicken uh, and a bowl of water and making making sure he was comfortable. Uh, and it took about five days and now he is totally back to normal. And to our great relief and great joy, he he's fine. Um, but, you know, I rescued this dog 15 years ago. And since then, he has been a very important member of my family. And if needed, I would drop everything to make sure that he gets the care he needs. And I'm sure I'm not alone in this. So in the end, the decision to postpone the episode, uh, despite my desire to just, you know, find a way to squeeze it in rather than let it go a little and just decide that a little surrender and ultimately doing nothing was better than pushing against the current circumstance and keep grasping for control was kind of a, a hangman moment for me, which I'll be getting to in a few minutes. And so this and a couple other difficulties that reared their ugly heads last week, uh, I also decided to suspend the top tier of my Patreon until further notice. That is the Rituals tier, which includes a spell box delivered to your door each month. With everything that went down last week, I decided it was just too difficult to pull it off this month. And maybe now is a good time to rework the Patreon tiers because I'm looking to beef up the amount of content I'm able to share. And though I'm not sure if I'll be reopening the Spellbox tier, I will be thinking up new ways to share content and create new tiers in the coming weeks. You know, creating witchy content and sharing it at, is a passion of mine. So I'll be thinking up ways I can focus more on the things I love to do and a little less on the things that are more difficult to keep up with when life inevitably throws curveballs my way. Anyway, Patreons, I kindly ask that you visit the Patreon page for all the details that you need if you're a Rituals tier member, and for all the other members, it will be business as usual. So, <sighs> we're discussing The Hanged Man today. Uh, we're back to another installment of Fortune and Flora with the 12th card of the Major Arcana, and the incredible passion flower. So let's begin with the hanged man. The hanged man is associated with surrender, suspension, waiting, release, sacrifice, meditation, and viewing a situation from a new perspective. This card is sometimes seen as a representative of humanity as a whole. But let's take a look at how the figure appears in the fool's journey through the major arcana. The entire scene of the Hanged Man card takes place on typically a tranquil blue-gray background as seen in many Rider Waite versions of the card, which contributes to the overall theme of calm and patient retrospection and meditation. The most prominent detail, of course, is the individual who, in the picture, is hanging upside down from their right foot which is tied to a tree branch, which appears to be serving as a cross beam of a gallows that has been constructed from a healthy and strong living tree. Some depictions have shown this figure holding two bags of coins in each hand, while others have shown them with their hands tied behind their back. And while one leg is tied and holding the hanged man in an upside down position, 
The other is bent, creating the shape of a triangle as well as the shape of a cross. Frequently shown in a pair of red pants, which signifies the passions of the body, and a blue tunic signifying the connection to Neptune, water, and the purity, clarity, and nourishment associated with the water elements. Also, the color yellow plays a prominent role in many versions of this card, appearing on the hanged man's shoes, hair, and the halo at their head, all indicating intellect and elevated states of consciousness. And despite the uncomfortable appearance of the position of the body here, the expression on the hanged one's face is that of complete serenity. There is no sign of pain or suffering, which points to this position or predicament being one of choice. The person in this card has chosen their current state of their own free will and shows no sign of letting themselves down just yet. So as the 12th card in the Major Arcana, we are prompted to take a look at the numerology of the number 12. In numerology, the number 12 is considered a highly significant and influential number with diverse symbolic meanings. It combines the vibrations of the numbers 1 and 2, and when these energies are combined, they create a unique essence for the number 12. So let's explore some properties, elements, and associations with the number 12. One is completion and perfection. In many systems of numerology, the number 12 represents a full cycle encompassing all the energies and qualities of the numbers that came before it. For instance, there are 12 months in a year indicating the completion of a yearly cycle. Another one is harmony and Balance. 12 is a blend of the individualistic and pioneering qualities of the number one and the cooperative and diplomatic attributes of the number two. And as a result, it embodies a sense of harmony and balance. It suggests the ability to combine personal ambitions with the needs and well being of others, fostering a cooperative and inclusive approach. Another theme is wholeness and unity. 12 is often attributed to the 12 zodiac signs or the 12 apostles in Christianity, uh, and it represents the idea of diverse elements coming together to form a complete and integrated whole. Another theme is divine order and timing. 12 is associated with the concept of divine order and cosmic time and can be seen as a symbol of the natural order and the cyclic nature of existence. Time is often divided into 12-hour segments in various cultures, reflecting the structured rhythm of life. Another theme is spiritual significance. In Christianity, there are 12 apostles. In Islam, there are 12 imams. In Hinduism, there are 12 Yodalingas, which are sacred shrines dedicated to the Lord Shiva. And finally, the, the last theme is of numerological reduction. When you add one and two, the sum is three. In numerology, three is associated with creativity, self-expression, and communication. Thus, the number 12 also carries the underlying energy of the number three adding an element of joy, spontaneity, and creativity to its symbolism. Numerology is wild, folks. 
So 12 is a powerful symbol of completion, harmony, and unity. It embodies a sense of balance between individuality and cooperation, making it an auspicious number associated with cosmic order and divine cycles. And its diverse representations in various cultures and belief systems underline this universal significance. So back to the Hanged Man. It's easily one of the most enigmatic and intriguing cards in the tarot deck. And as with any card interpretation, it's important to remember that the meaning can be highly subjective and dependent on the context of a reading. So let's look at some interpretations, common interpretations of this card. First is suspension and surrender. So suspension is probably the most apparent element on the card. The hanged man willingly hangs upside down, suggesting a voluntary surrender or sacrifice. This card urges the querent to consider the concept of letting go, surrendering to circumstances, and embracing a different perspective. And it may indicate a time of waiting, patience, or being in a state of limbo. The next is spiritual growth. The hangman is often associated with spiritual alignment and inner growth. The upside-down posture can symbolize an inversion of worldly values, encouraging the seeker to focus on the internal journey rather than the external pursuits. And it represents a time of introspection, self-reflection, and a potential shift in one's belief system. Another theme is release and acceptance. This card asks the seeker to release their attachment to control and accept the flow of life. A lesson we all get over and over again, including myself, obviously. It's a call to let go of resistance and embrace the inevitable changes that occur. By accepting the present moment, the seeker can find peace and clarity, even in challenging situations. Another theme is non-conformity and rebellion. Sweet, sweet rebellion. The hanged man can be seen as an icon of nonconformity and going against societal norms. It encourages the seeker to challenge conventional thinking, question authority, and explore alternative perspectives. Another theme is of the martyr and sacrifice. In some interpretations, the hanged man can represent the archetype of the martyr or sacrifice, which doesn't necessarily imply literal self-sacrifice, but rather the idea of putting others' needs before one's own or making a conscious choice for the greater good. Another theme is reversal and new perspectives. So being upside down, the card symbolizes a reversal of circumstances and the need to see things from a new or different viewpoint. And this may require detaching from old habits, thought patterns, or situations that no longer serve the seeker. Another theme is suspension of action. The hanged man advises the seeker to pause and refrain from making hasty decisions. Sometimes waiting and observing the situation can lead to a better understanding of the path that is lying ahead. Trust and faith, another theme. To embrace the energy of the hanged man, the seeker must trust in the process of life and have faith that things will unfold as they are meant to, even if the current situation seems uncertain or uncomfortable. And finally, and this is a big one, letting go of ego. The card uh, may also call for the shedding of ego 
and the surrendering, the need for control and recognition. By doing so, the seeker can open up to deeper insights and a more profound connection with their true self. So overall, The Hanged Man is a card of transformation, surrender, and inner growth. It reminds the seeker to embrace change and see the world from a different perspective, which can lead to profound wisdom and spiritual development. The card's interpretation can vary depending on the placement in the tarot spread and the surrounding cards, which always provide more nuanced insights into the seeker's current situation or life journey. And it also depends on your current situation or feeling that you get when you pull a card. You know, it can be helpful to ask friends to help you in deciphering a reading, but because of the inner workings of your own mind and the the instincts and impulses of your own personal body, the card interpretation, the traditional meaning of the card, almost always blends with the feeling that you get when you first see it and the current situation that you're in when you read it. These are all important things that play into what the card is saying to you or what a spread is saying to you. So the hanged man correlates with Neptune is a planet is a planet. It is a planet. So the hanged man correlates with Neptune, the planet ruling illusion, intuition, the subconscious and martyrdom. Themes of purification, water, cleansing, and even baptism are also synonymous with the hanged man. Jesus, Buddha, and Odin are all archetypes, all associated with this card. The hanged man's state of suspension may be viewed as meditative, uh, as their vantage point grants them access to epiphanies or expanded awareness. It takes Neptune 165 years to complete its journey through the entire zodiac, spending roughly 14 years in each sign. Neptune is a watery energy that rules Pisces, as well as the 12th house, and was named after the Roman god of the oceans, also the equivalent to the Greek god Poseidon. So key elements to Neptune's association are dreams and the dream world, visions, illusion, art, a more spiritual level, the queen of cups, the ocean, and oceanic consciousness. Which brings us to the passion flower. Passion flower is a powerful herb that's often used in relaxation and spiritual rituals. It's associated with the planet Neptune and is said to promote relaxation, spiritual connection, psychic awareness, and intuition. However, the plant itself is actually ruled by Venus, as well as the element of water. So passionflower, or Passiflora incarnata, is a beautiful flowering plant with a long history of medicinal use. It is native to the southeastern United States, but its use as a medicinal herb extends far beyond its place of origin, both in history and in modern herbalism. And it has been valued for its calming and sedative properties, among other health benefits. Let's explore some of its historical medicinal uses. So various Native American tribes have used passionflower for its sedative effects to treat insomnia, anxiety, and nervousness. It's often consumed as a tea or tincture. The Huma, Cherokee, and other Native American tribes used purple passion flower for food, drink, and medicinal purposes. 
And in 1612, it was reported that indigenous people in Virginia planted the vines for the fruits, and the fruits were eaten either raw or boiled to make a syrup. In traditional European medicine, when Spanish explorers brought passionflower back from the Americas, it was adopted by European herbalists who used it to alleviate restlessness, insomnia, and anxiety. And eventually, in the 19th century, passionflower gained popularity as an herbal remedy for insomnia and anxiety. It was also used to treat epilepsy, hysteria, and neuralgia. And from the 19th century into the 20th century, passionflower was a popular herbal supplement for followers of eclectic medicine, an extension of early American herbal medicine. It was officially recognized in the United States National Formulary from 1916 to 1936. As far as modern uh, medicinal use goes, passionflower is commonly still used in modern herbalism as a natural remedy for anxiety, stress, and insomnia, again. And it is believed to have calming and sedative effects, promoting relaxation and improving sleep quality. It is used to provide a non-addictive natural sedative option for individuals who experience restlessness or mild anxiety and may be consumed as a tea, a tincture, or a supplement form. Some herbalists recommend passionflower for its potential to support the nervous system, easing tension and reducing nervousness. And passionflower contains antioxidants, which can help protect the body's cells from oxidative stress and free radical damage. And in some cases, passionflower may be used to alleviate pain, such as headaches or menstrual discomfort, due to its muscle-relaxing properties. So we see the theme of calming and promoting peace and relaxation, and how that affects many, many different parts of the both the psyche and the physical body where it comes to stress, anxiety, sleeplessness, and even pain and stress on the cells where oxidative stress can happen and antioxidants are useful. So most people use passionflower as a tea, which is probably one of the most traditional ways to consume the herb. You can steep one to two teaspoons of dried passionflower leaves and flowers in hot water for 10 to 15 minutes and drink that tea before bed or during times of stress. Uh, passionflower can also be concentrated into a tincture form where you can just follow the recommended dosage on the label from wherever you buy your tinctures. And it can be taken in capsule or tablet form. However, while it is generally considered safe for most people, it's always best to consult with a healthcare professional, especially if you are pregnant, breastfeeding, taking other medications, or have any underlying health conditions before you self-treat. As with any herbal remedy, individual responses may vary, so start with a lower dose and observe how your body reacts before increasing the dosage after you've discussed this with a professional, of course. And if you have any adverse effects or allergic reactions, discontinue use and seek medical attention. Um, Passionflower has a rich history of medicinal herbal use and continues in modern herbalism as a natural remedy for anxiety, insomnia, and nervousness. And as with any herbal supplement, it's essential to use it responsibly and seek professional guidance if needed. All right, let's talk about magic. <laughs> let's talk about magic. Passionflower has a fascinating history of use in witchcraft, folklore, and folk practices, both in the past and the present. Its striking appearance, I mean, this is 
I'm sure everyone I'm speaking to knows what it looks like, but if you don't, take a moment to, to Google image search this flower. It's stunning. Um, so its striking appearance and calming properties have led to various magical and spiritual associations. And here are some aspects of passion flowers' use in witchcraft and folk traditions. First off, the symbolism and the namesake. The name passionflower is said to derive from Christian symbolism. The unique structure of the flower's corona, which is the crown-like structure at the center, was thought to represent the crown of thorns worn by Jesus during the Passion of the Christ, while other parts of the flower were seen as symbols of crucifixion. The five petals and five sepals of the flower were also associated with the five wounds of Christ. Divination and dream work. In some magical traditions, passionflower is considered an herb of dreaming and is used to enhance dreams, induce lucid dreaming, and aid in dream recall. It's often included in dream pillows or used as an incense before sleep, uh, or it can be placed underneath a pillow to help induce restful sleep. Individual practitioners may differ in their experiences with passionflower, either having it bring peaceful sleep or a night filled with prophetic or adventurous dreams. Everyone is different. Uh, passionflower is believed to enhance intuition and psychic abilities, making it suitable for divination practices and connecting with the spiritual realm. Love and attraction is another power of passionflower. In folk magic and love spells, passionflower has been used to attract love and strengthen romantic relationships. You can see how this innate ability is made manifest in its physical form as it comes from a clinging vine. It is sometimes carried as an amulet or used in love charms to foster affection and emotional connection and has been noted for its ability to attract friends as well as great popularity. Another power is protection and purification. Some practitioners incorporate passion flower into the protective rituals to shield against negative energies or malevolent spirits. And it may be used in smoke cleansing or as part of a ritual bath for purification purposes. It has anxiolytic and calming properties, uh, contrary to what its name might suggest. Passionflower has actually been used for its calming and sedative effects, as we've covered in medicinal use, and is placed in the home to bring calm to problems and troubles and to bring peace. It's often used in rituals for spells to ease anxiety, promote relaxation, and bring peace of mind. And in ritual and ceremonial use, Passionflower has been used in religious ceremonies and rituals going back as far as you probably can go back. For example, in certain indigenous American traditions, it was considered a sacred plant with a lot of ritual significance. If it's important to you culturally, it's important to look into that and honor that, especially if you honor your ancestors. If it's something that you are just now, you know, striking up an interest in, it's important to do the research. It's always important to just look into these things and see where they came from, how they were used, how you can apply them, if you can apply them. Uh, and passionflower is a beautiful plant spirit to begin to work with if you feel so inclined. Another power is protection from evil spirits. In some folklore, passionflower was believed to offer protection against evil spirits and malevolent entities. Uh, people would hang dried passionflower vines above doorways or windows to ward off negativity. 
and used in ritual baths or spiritual cleansings as an ingredient in spiritual cleansing practices to remove negative energies and promote spiritual well-being. This can be done through, as I said, a ritual bath or a spiritual smoke cleansing um, or simply cultivating the plant in and around your home. One important note, as with any magical or folk practice, the efficacy and beliefs surrounding the use of passion flower can vary greatly between different cultures and individual practitioners. So it's important to do your research, but also grow from experience. Work with the plant. See how you meld with it, I guess. <laughs> Build a relationship. It is a spirit. It's important. Okay, so... Whether used in its mystical associations, its beauty on altars or in spellwork, or for its calming properties, passionflower holds a special place in the world of witchcraft, folklore, and folk practices. And it serves as a reminder of the rich tapestry of human history and the deep connections that we have with the natural world. We are all integrated. Before I let you go, I want to share a spell and an incantation with you. I recently purchased a few books from Llewellyn. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you may have seen, or Facebook also, Instagram and Facebook, you may have seen a video that I posted of the unboxing. And one of the books that I recently received is 365 Tarot Spells, Creating the Magic in Each Day by Sasha Graham. So far, I absolutely love it. There are, you know, as I've said many times before, I love incorporating tarot into my spell work and my ritual work. I feel like it really helps me focus and clarify my intention. Um, and there's a lot of energy and power to be um, to be borrowed from in these cards. So uh, specifically regarding the hanged man, I want to share an incantation and then a spell. Let's start with the incantation. The hanged man incantation. Hanged man, place of change. Alter your view, but don't derange. Morphed perceptions help to see opportunities right in front of me. I love that incantation for the hanged man. And the spell that I decided to share here for this episode is the make the right decision spell. Okay, it's a simple one. For this spell, you will need the hanged man and the two of pentacles from your tarot deck. Uh, the method, visualization, and meditation goes as follows. If you are having a tough time between two choices, cast this spell for guidance. It will aid in your resolution. Be sure to perform this when you have at least 24 hours to spare before making your final decision. The hanged man reflects being stuck in limbo and indecision. The two of pentacles re represents the active balancing of two options. Place the hanged man before you. He echoes the crossroads, the place where paths diverse and lives change. While the hanged man exists in stasis and valuable information is gleaned here, it is important not to linger here too long. Not making a choice is still making a choice. Pick yourself up from the weight, untie your ankles, and free yourself from the hanged man's post. Place the two of pentacles... Enter the card and become the performer. You will place it right below the hanged man. You have two discs in your hands. See your two choices clearly. Literally hold them in your hands. 
toss them up and down, perhaps juggle one. One of them weighs more than the other. It falls to the floor. Which disc is it? Which choice have you made? Sit on your decision for 24 hours before making it official. And there is an incantation here also to go with this spell. Decisions, decisions, choices all. Big picture, no difference. I will not fall. I'm safe, protected. My life is free. Make the choice that best suits me. I love that one. I am going to use it the next time I am stuck between two choices. And I hope that you might use it too. And if you do, let me know if you want to. Let me know your thoughts. All right. That is all that I have for you today. Thank you so much for being here. Please be well and have an amazing weekend. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of A is for Agrimony, coffee-stained notes on witchcraft. If you like what you've been hearing, please drop me a review wherever you listen. If you want some more content, please go to www.aisforagrimony.com, where you can find my blog, episode archive, spells and rituals, and soon to come, the coven shop. You can also follow me on Instagram at a underscore is underscore for underscore agrimony. That's an underscore in between every word. Or like my Facebook page, facebook.com slash a is for agrimony. Want to contact me? Shoot an email to reachmargo at a is for agrimony.com. And if you're interested in some exclusive bonus content, you can join me over on Patreon at patreon.com slash a is for agrimony, where I share early release, unedited video format episodes, weekly collective card readings, monthly spells, and much more. You're also welcome to send me some snail mail, if you're that kind of person, to P.O. Box 397, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, zip code 08003. I'd love a good surprise. or not. I don't know. Anyway, thank you for listening. Be well and have an amazing weekend.